Hello, everyone. This is Spencer Michaud, and welcome to your weekly astrology forecast for the week of August 19th through the 25th. I had to check my notes there and make sure what the dates here were. Uh, anyway, hope that you are enjoying the uh, last few weeks of uh, Leo season here. Um, getting ready to shift the gears a little bit into the mutable uh, Earth sign of Virgo. Um, we've already seen a shift from Mars uh, that's gone into Virgo in the last day or two here. And we're going to be seeing uh, Venus and the Sun following suit by the end of the week. Uh, so we're kind of tying up some, some Leonine uh, loose ends this week. Um, we're going to be seeing a disseminating and a last quarter moon phase happening over the course of the week. We've got a Mercury-Jupiter trine. And uh, what else? Venus and Mars are going to be getting together in a little conjunction uh, towards the end of the week. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, we're going to talk about the Eight of Pentacles, um, which I'm going to have to go get in a second here. Um, and uh, I've got a little bit of a shameless uh, plug for a, a class that I've been uh, putting together. Um, and uh, yeah, I had my little Venus uh, Sun Kazemi moment this week. Uh, Venus, uh, of course, was um, becoming conjoined with the heart of the sun uh, last week around Wednesday or so, Wednesday or Thursday at about 21 degrees Leo, and that was uh, directly on my ascendant and uh, got a lot of interesting ideas. Um, been kicking around an idea for a class lately um, that was more interactive. What I'm learning that I want to that people want to experience and that what I want to help provide for the astrological community is a, a more interactive learning experience. Um, I know for me, I've, I've been, when I go to a conference or I've been doing lectures or listening to other people lecture, uh, whether it's through my own education or through conference types of things, um, I can pay attention for a, a few lectures and then I start to get antsy. And what I really want to do when I'm meeting with other astrologers is, talk to them and interact and like have that human interaction. So that's something that I've been working on incorporating into um, learning techniques. Uh, I've been teaching college classes for a long time and really the interaction, the in-person interaction is something that uh, we're missing a little bit in this, this online world that we're living in. So um, I saw a need for that. And um, also I wanted to try to teach things like traditional astrology or Hellenistic astrology in a way that was maybe a little bit more uh, fun, I guess, uh, a way that where we can uh, incorporate some creativity into it while still being true to the system and, and to the, the rules. Um, I really uh, enjoy the, um, the balanced structure of the Hellenistic system, and I wanted to incorporate that into a game style type of thing. So I am announcing that I'm going to be offering uh, a class called Domiciles and deities. And you can see on my website, spencermichaud.com, here is a blog post that's talking all about it. Um, and this says, the ancient Greeks thought of a natal chart as a kind of cosmic courtroom with planets regarded as representatives of a community of deities conversing with one another regarding the life of a native. In this fun participatory class, we will learn the fundamentals of traditional Hellenistic astrology through a series of interactive role-playing games. With a combination of guided lectures and shared storytelling, students will get to know each other's plant 
will get to know each planet's essential nature and explore how they function within signs, houses, and in aspect to one another. Okay. <clears throat> so basically the gist of this, and this is going to be an in-person class at first. Uh, I want to kind of uh, beta test it in person, and eventually it may be brought to the online forum. But if you are in the Michigan area, uh, southeast Michigan here, or southern or northern Ohio, or or northern Indiana, if you want to drive a little bit, uh, come join us. We're going to be doing Monday nights at a wonderful place called the Enlightened Soul Center here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, it's going to be kind of like a college semester, 12 weeks, Monday evenings. And it's, it's a little bit of a inspired by uh, traditional role-playing games like Dungeons and & Dragons, and a little bit of a cross-pollination with um, Trivial Pursuit. So I'm going to show you a couple things here regarding it, if you'll indulge me just for a minute, and then we'll get to your forecast here. Uh, pretty excited about this. I've been working really hard on this this week and in the weeks previously, and I think it's going to come together really nicely. You can see my screen here. I've got like a character sheet um, that is, you know, echoing the Dungeons and Dragons character sheet where we're going to each each player is going to be a, a planetary deity and they're going to be learning about that planet's essential nature through filling out their character sheet and playing as that character as we go through the, the role playing game. Um, you can see that we're going to be able to create, you know, very innovative character names using the planetary names like so for example, we had Mercury uh, in Aries. You could have uh, Stillbon is one of the names of Mercury. So it could be Stillbon the Destroyer, uh, echoing the, the Aries quality of, of uh, you know, of Mars and whatnot. So there's, there's lots of uh, opportunities to be creative. And uh, we're going to be interacting with one another as the planetary deities, um, learning about how astrology works through essential dignities, through sect, through things like how we're going to make judgments on a chart. Some of the homework that you're going to get is filling out this character sheet and then playing as that character. You have a little cheat sheet so you don't get overwhelmed by the, 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 the breadth of the planetary rules. And of course, every class that we're going to do is going to be uh, a combination of, of learning the essential concepts and then you know, acting them out as, as we go along over the course of the semester. So that's kind of a character sheet that I've got here. And I want to show you, too, a little game board that I've been putting together. Uh, it's not quite finished yet, but it's, this is the, the idea of it. So you can see that it's like a, a Trivial Pursuit board. And each of these spaces are going to be associated with a planet in Chaldean order. And they're going to be going out to a different house or sign. And this is going to be rotatable. And uh, the, the object of the game is to get kind of a, a, a piece uh, like a triangle piece that you get in Trivial Pursuit, where you would have to be analyzing a chart for a question that would be associated with that particular house. And the, the cool thing about this is this is something that you can do uh, with a number of different charts. You could do it with celebrity charts. You could do it with charts of a student in class. And the, the oracle or the, the dungeon master, I'm going to call them the oracle, is somebody who is going to know about that chart very well and be able to ask those questions and kind of tell this shared narrative. So the, the idea behind role-playing games like Dungeons & Dragons is we're telling a shared story uh, and a shared role-play. And that's kind of what we're going to be doing with the chart so we can see kind of through the eyes of the deities what the story of the native is going to be. 
And I thought this was kind of neat because I, I used this like um, ship's wheel. And the ancient Hellenistic astrologers thought of the, uh, the natal chart, or at least the helm, the planet that was ruling the chart, as, as, as a steering wheel of the ship. They used a lot of nautical metaphors. So I thought this was a really nice way to kind of bring that in, into play here. Um, so this is kind of, you know, version 1.0. I'm sure there will be some other iterations of this coming along as, you, as we go along, but, but check that out. And uh, if that's something that you're, if you're local and you're part of my list and you want to be a part of this uh, kind of, um, I don't know, this uh, initial experimental type of class, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I take my studies really seriously. I hope that you've um, seen that in these videos, um, very detail orientated and something that I'd like to be able to, to bring to the classroom setting to. Um, and I've you know, had a lot of experience teaching things like college classes for, for songwriting and music and creating uh, interactions with that. But I'm trying to test it out more with, with astrology. One, that's one of the things I really enjoy. I got some really good feedback from a, a former student of mine uh, who was enjoying these videos and the teaching aspect of it. And that's something that I've really uh, chosen to focus on is not just to give you um, what the aspects are going to be and tell you how your life's going to turn out. I want you to learn the, the language and the system. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be a big part of what we're doing, and I'm really excited to, to start expanding on that. One little other thing I wanted to talk about as Mars is in Virgo now, uh, I'm trying to figure out a little bit how to uh, support my time in these videos and, and you know, I guess to be 100% honest, start making a living doing astrology a little bit more. And uh, one of the things I came up with uh, as we transition out into doing more of this is uh, there is a, an app called Venmo. And if you are enjoying these videos, I'm going to put a little link in the description of this video uh, to my Venmo site. And really what you do is if you just want to leave a tip or something like that, you can send, uh, I don't know, a buck or two to, to uh, at Spencer Michaud at Venmo. And that really will help me to support me to uh, keep making these videos. It takes me about I'd say about two hours to prep every one of these videos uh, as far as just the notes and then the hour and a half to make it and then another hour or two to, to post it on the different channels to get it out there to you. So there is quite a bit of work involved and uh, eventually we might do something like a Patreon or something like that, but that's still in development. So if you want to be able to get in on the ground floor and you're enjoying what you're seeing, that would be much appreciated. Uh, so check, check that out. All right, enough of the, the, uh, the plugs, the shameless plugs for the week. Thank you for sitting through that. I know uh, sometimes we have to get through a little bit of business every once in a while. Um, but yes, I appreciate you as an audience. And even if you're just, you know, absorbing this content and you, you don't have anything to give, that's okay too. I want this to be something that uh, you're available, is available to you um, to, you know, help your life out. Okay, let's get to it. So this week we are talking about uh, lots of Virgo stuff and if you give me just a second, I'm going to grab the card for Virgo 1. Sorry about that. So Virgo 1 is associated with the uh, Eight of Pentacles. So you can see here, we have a figure that is sitting at his craft table uh, or whatever it is, his workbench here. 
and he's diligently working at crafting his his pentacles or whatever it is that he's working on. And uh, in 36 Faces, this is called a tree bearing fruit. Um, according to Book T uh, and the Book of Toth, uh, this was called Prudence. So this is showing a figure, uh, an apprentice, possibly of an advanced age, uh, somebody who is already pretty decent at their craft, but they're going back to school and re refining, or they're working very diligently on on refining the product that they're producing. So this is a little bit about this decan, this first 10 degree section of Virgo, is a lot about humility and humbling ourselves so that we can refine the projects that we've been putting out into the world. So that's going to be a theme for really the next couple of weeks when we get into Virgo season is if you've been inspired to have some really great ideas, and you know, I just got done telling you about one of mine, uh, how are you going to refine the, the details of it? How are you going to work out the mechanics, the kinks? Um, how are you going to take that, that passion and bring it down to earth so that it can become something uh, you, so it can become something that you can manifest into form. All right. So think about that this week. That's going to be one of the main themes of the week as we shift from Leo three, which is about kind of defending our personality, our, our kind of identity. Um, that was a Mars ruled Deccan. This Deccan of Virgo is solar ruled. It's, it's the sun ruled Deccan of Virgo. So there is going to be a, a little bit of a connection with finding your purpose, you know, finding issue, maybe even issuing a little bit of commandments to help you to uh, refine things. We're going to be shifting from a very solar kind of energy and identity to a little bit of a mercurial one with all of these things moving into Virgo as well. So Mercury is going to start taking uh, a little bit more precedence as we move forward. Okay. So let's look at the essential dignities for the week. I'm going to share my chart. And we can see that on Monday, August the 19th, hopefully I said the 19th in the beginning of this video. If I didn't, I apologize. My brain is going a little fast today. I need to slow down a little bit. That may be one thing that we do with Virgo too, is slow down a little bit. And we've got all this Leo passion you know, charging through us. And now we've got to kind of relax a little bit and uh, get down to business. Um, so we're seeing that the sun in the beginning of the week is still in the last degrees of Leo. And of course, the sun has essential dignity in Leo. It is in its own domicile and it is in its own triplicity by day. So for the very beginning of the week, until the sun moves into Virgo at the end of the week, we're still going to have a very strong sun. When we move into Virgo, uh, the sun will still have dignity by Deccan and face. So that is a little bit of a different type of dignity. Probably, you know, the medieval folks thought that was a little bit of a weaker dignity than domicile um, or triplicity. Um, but it's just a little bit different. It may be that there's a, a mask that, that is very solar for the sign. They thought of the Deccans or faces as a mask that was being put on the sign. Um, so it may be more about kind of the appearances that are being upheld. Um, but that gives the sun a little bit of power within the first decan of Virgo. Uh, of course, we are seeing Jupiter, which is now direct, still in the domicile of Sagittarius in its own home domicile. So Jupiter is very powerful right now. It's direct. 
It's in its own home temple, and it has triplicity by night. So Jupiterian things are very supported in your chart. Uh, it's time to make hay while the sun is still shining with those Jupiter placements because towards the end of November, Jupiter is going to move in the, into the sign of Capricorn, which is its fall. So it loses a lot of dignity as it moves into Capricorn. So it's really important to look at the Sagittarian ruled area of your chart. And if there's something that needs to get done or get out in the world, um, it's time to do it in the next couple months. We are going to be seeing some of all of these uh, Virgo placements here. Okay, everything, all this Leo stellium is going to turn into a Virgo stellium here. Okay, and it's going to start squaring that Jupiter. So one of the themes of this week is some of the details may be running into the, uh, the grandiosity of the vision. So this, this week and the weeks ahead in Virgo season are going to be about the implication uh, of the, or the implementation of the details and how they fit within the grander Jupiterian vision. You know, Jupiter is expansive. Jupiter wants to see the whole picture. Jupiter wants to be the judge. Uh, when we have mercurial placements like Virgo, Mercury is the lawyer, and Mercury is, is paying attention to all the, the details, the arguments, the testimonies, right? Uh, so we're going to see this kind of dichotomy between the, the, the very small picture and the big picture, and there may be some challenges with that. Uh, maybe your vision uh, you find this week was a little bit too grandiose. Maybe you get too fixated on some of the details, and you need to keep the, the bigger picture within, within your mind and not get too attached to some of the little things. I know this is definitely true for um, the game that I'm designing. Like I said, I tend to get kind of, uh, I'm very detail-oriented. And all throughout the process, as the, I've been getting feedback too, I have to keep in mind, what is my main goal with my game? And the main goal is to educate people on traditional astrology. If I get too caught in the little details of every little rule of the game, that can get confusing. So every once in a while, what I want you to do is pull back out to the big picture, okay, and see if it's still working within the grander vision that you have this week, okay? Uh, as an artist, I have three placements in Virgo. I have, I have this Virgo stellium. Okay? I have Mars, Saturn, and Jupiter all in Virgo. And as a younger artist, I'll tell you what the dangers of this are. Uh, as a younger artist, uh, when I was drawing, I would... Uh, start with like an eyeball and I'd work an eyeball to death and I wouldn't really see it within the bigger picture of the face and then it would look a little bit weird okay and what I think is important is sticking with having the broad strokes and then focusing in on the details okay so it's like you've got to make the outline first you've got to make the bigger shape uh, the other thing to keep in mind and I'll tell you this as a personal anecdote I would erase until there was a hole in the page, okay? And because I, I had to get everything just, just right. And I think that's one of the dangers that we are encountering in the weeks ahead too, is if you're, if you're analyzing and analyzing and perfecting and perfecting until you wear a hole in the page, you may be overdoing it. So I think it's important to really work on your craft, uh, eliminate what, what doesn't need to be there and keep what needs to stay, but always keep in mind the bigger picture. And not only are we going to be having a square to Jupiter, we're going to be having an opposition to, to Neptune here too. So there is, you know, a little bit of like a, you know, an illusion quality that's coming in. This is really about the, 
you know, getting in touch with the, the reality versus the dream. Um, and that there may be some confusing moments over the weeks ahead as, as all the planets start to ingress one by one into Virgo. Um, I think that the good thing that you can do here and the, the real benefit as we talk about the overview of the week is we've still got Saturn hanging out in Capricorn. That's bring, it's going to be trining all these placements now. And that's going to bring some maturity into the process. That's going to bring a little bit of an ability to say, okay, it's time for you to really create structure. Uh, it's time for you to be mature about how you're going about this because this is a lot of mutable or changeable energy. Pisces, Virgo, and Sagittarius are all mutable signs. They're all very, they're the, in traditional astrology, there was some association with the seasons, right? At least in the Northern Hemisphere here. And the, the mutable signs were associated with the transition between one season to another. So you're going to have elements of one season and the other as we transition. So Virgo is the transition from the end of summer to the beginning of fall. So we're going to see this kind of like very shiftable, changeable type of thing. So there's going to be a desire to move different pieces around. And I think Saturn's going to play the role of, you know, a little bit of stability and stabilizing there. Even though uh, the, the, uh, the Lord of time, so to speak, is, is in a, ch a cardinal sign or a tropical sign of Capricorn. So it's an initiator. Um, of course, we've still got Uranus here in the fixed sign of Taurus. Um, but retrograde now. So also that's going to be trining all of these placements. And that, that's going to really perfect these, these Uranus trines are going to happen not this week, but the week after. Um, so there's, there's some really nice, uh, you know, abilities for these planets to run headlong in a positive relationship with both Saturn and Uranus. So there's, there's this kind of balance between maintaining the status quo, getting rid of the things that don't need to be there, restructuring, and this kind of like, uh, you know, decrystallizing energy of Uranus, where it's, it's helping us to be proactive, it's helping us to be innovative, and things of that nature. It's helping us to break up the crystallized patterns that may get a little bit too, uh, you know, in rutted in our lives. Okay, so that's a little bit of an overview here. Clear my drawings. Let's dive into it. Uh, a couple other dignities. I know I got off on a little tangent there, sorry. Of course, Saturn's still in its domicile, but retrograde. Mercury, went in, the, in the final degrees of Leo, is still going to be in its own bound. So, well, not in the final degrees. Between 18 and 24 degrees of Leo, towards the end of the week, Mercury is going to be in its own bound or in its own terms. So Mercury is really being highlighted this week because it's going to be the host of all the Virgo planets. And when it's being able to set its own agenda in its own bound, it's kind of being able to set the curriculum. So it's going to be empowered towards the end of the week. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, Venus <clears throat> is going to be losing some dignity when it moves into Virgo uh, because it's going to move into the sign of its fall or depression. And fall and depression, we've been learning in uh, astrology class, was associated. There's a theory out there from uh, Mr. Adam Alambas and, and a couple of the people that he's referencing that fall and exaltation and fall are associated with the nature of the moon. We can see that as kind of the wheel of fortune continuing to spin, bringing things into being, and, and 
taking them out. And exaltation was thought to be kind of the top of the wheel here. And fall was kind of at the bottom of the wheel. So this planet is sort of at the, at the bottom of the wheel or the bottom of a well where it's having some difficulties. It may not be uh, being honored. It may be in a place of uh, a little bit of like disgrace, maybe difficult for that planet to, to do the things that it wants to do in the way that it wants to do it. And of course, with Mer- I'm sorry, Venus in Mercury's domicile, we maybe get be getting a little bit analytical about uh, our love nature, our relationships, uh, what we desire. Um, the story I like to tell with Venus and Virgo is you've got kind of a you know a person making a delicious meal, and maybe they're in the flow state, and they're just kind of putting a little bit of this and a little bit of that into the into the recipe. And the Venus and Virgo person or archetype comes into the room is like. Hey, are you following the recipe? Are you doing this? Oh my God, you're doing a little bit too much of this and a little bit too much of that. You're not following the recipe. They're getting really attached to the procedure and breaking that person out of that flow state. And that's one of the things that we is a danger with Venus and Virgo as we move forward is you know getting a little bit too attached to how we're doing something may get in the way of what we are doing. So be be on your on your guard for that. Um, the good news is, is that Venus does have a little bit of triplicity by day. So if you're going to do Venusian things, do them during the day. Okay? It is the triplicity ruler. Venus will get to set the agenda during the daytime. Okay? Uh, actually, that's the bound. Sorry. Venus will have community support <laughs> during the day. So the wind will be in, in Venus's sails. Okay? Because triplicity was the nature of Jupiter. I was talking to someone about how I do these videos. I do them in one take. I don't do a lot of editing. And every once in a while I'll misspeak. But hopefully I'll catch the error either within the video or then within the description down below. Um, So, you know, it's a little bit of a a one-off type of thing. So I apologize if I misspeak every once in a while. But doing the best we can here. I think they're turning out okay for the most part. All right. So that is the dignities. The moon, of course, is going to be moving through Aries, Taurus, and Gemini this week. And the moon's going to have uh, dignity by exaltation. So lunar things are are really well supported this week. They're going to be exalted. You may be honored for your ability to do lunar significations, which may be related to your relationship with the public. Uh, Your nurturing capacities may be enhanced. Your emotions may be stabilized. Uh, this is one of the beauty, beautiful things about a moon in Taurus. I happen to be a native that has this natal position, is we tend to be less uh, thrown around by our emotions than some other natal moon placements. And uh, it's very natural for us to do lunar type of things. Uh, so take advantage of that, and we'll look at that as we go forward. And then uh, we're going to see um, some triplicity by night as well. Uh, so the moon's going to be really supported in, in the evening um, by being exalted and having triplicity support. And it also is going to be in uh, have dignity by face in the middle degrees, 10 to 20 degrees of uh, Taurus. So lots of dignity for the moon in the middle of the week. So let's take a look at Monday. So Monday, we're going to start out with a Aries moon. And it's in the disseminating phase, which is 135 degrees to 90 degrees behind the sun. And uh, the disseminating moon is all about distributing your values. Uh, it is about the uh, 
delivery of the realizations that you made when you uh, everything came to light at the full moon. So this is the time where the, the, the fruit has ripened. Uh, it's time to, to eat the fruit and distribute what you've learned and communicate your ideas. So this is about sharing what you've learned. This is about sharing your truth. So if you've come, if you've been really like gestating something over the past few weeks, uh, it's time for it to, to bring it out into the light and start distributing it. Um, you can see this working out in my own life where I've, I've been working hard on creating a class and now I'm advertising the class and getting people signed up for it and things like that. So that's just a small example of how, how that can play out in, in one person's life. Um, so that's something to, to think about as we work through here. Another thing to look at is Mercury is heading under the beams of the sun. <clears throat> I saw in my notes last week that I may have uh, said that this happened last week, and I'm not sure what happened there. I don't know if I actually uh, said that in the video or not, um, but if I did, it was a mistake, and Mercury is making its morning set here on Monday the 19th. And what that means is that Mercury is going to be uh, moving within 15 degrees of the sun, okay, under the sun's beams. And that is uh, a condition that weakens whatever planet is getting a little bit closer to the sun. It also means that the visibility of that planet is, is reduced. Uh, it is not visible on the morning horizon uh, when the sun is rising. So it means a lot of the things that are happening with that planet are, ha are going on behind the scenes. So there's going to be a lot of mercurial communications that are starting to happen this week, um, and that are, but they're going to be a little bit more uh, in the back channels. So you know, realize that as we go through the week that you may be having to negotiate, um, renegotiate, things like that. Uh, a lot of the, the ways that you're going to be able to provide for all the planets going into Virgo is by uh, having those conversations, but not necessarily having them publicly. That's, I think that's a really kind of a theme for this week is uh, it's okay to kind of have the email back and forth before you make the public post or something like that. There's some clarifying that's going on. There's a refinement energy to this Virgo type of thing. So that may be part of your week. Okay, that's, that's what the uh, synodic phase or cycle of Mercury is happening. And it's going to be moving into a, a let's see, when is the, the Kazemi of that? You can look. I think it's sometime in September because it's moving closer to the sun. So I believe, I don't have to look at the date, maybe September 2nd, but that may be when Mars is conjunct. Um, but I'll look at that as we go further here. But recognize that we're going to be, you know, coming into a superior conjunction of Mercury and the Sun as we move forward in the next couple of weeks. Okay, so the uh, moon cycles that we're seeing over the course of that day, or the moon aspects, is we're going to be seeing a trine from the moon to Mercury, okay, at about 11 degrees in the morning, about 11.41 a.m., so there's going to be some, some lunar support uh, to Mercury and a positive communication between the, the nurturing qualities and the ability to, to get your message out and, and express your own personal Aries-like identity uh, through 
uh, positive contact with Mercury in Leo. So there's some positive, enthusiastic feelings that we're going to be starting the mo- Monday off with. Um, as we move through the day, uh, we're going to be seeing a square from the moon to Saturn okay, at about 14 degrees. So here we have the trine. And here's the square uh, as the moon is going to move forward throughout the day. That's going to happen around 6 o'clock in the evening, Eastern Time. So there may be some sort of conflict that comes up and, and challenge where you need to really reorientate. So maybe the conversation that you have early in the morning uh, facilitates some kind of reorientation or you come into some kind of roadblock. Uh, the squares were of the nature of Mars, so maybe there was some conflict that's happening between your desire to assert yourself and you know the, the pre-established structures that, that Saturn is, is representing in Capricorn. Um, as we go at the same time, though, we are going to be having a nice little trine clear this here uh, to Jupiter at 14 degrees okay so even though you're going to be running headlong into a no there's a yes that's happening as well and the cool thing is is these two planets Jupiter and and, uh, Saturn are pretty close to uh, what is called an Antitia okay and that's when they are on basically equal sides of a solstice so this is like a secret conjunction so they're kind of working together so even though you're getting a little bit of the the no you still got jupiter helping out here and they're they're working as a as a tandem so to speak um so it's it's kind of like the push and the pull of the expansion and the limitation quality so it's like expanding within your limits I think that's one of the things that will be helpful at the beginning of the week here is how are you going to refine what you're doing and how are you going to keep, keep moving forward with some of these really positive uh, things in your life, but within a certain structure. If we have complete, um, if we have limitless expansion, we can really, you know, it can, it can be a little bit too much. Uh, if we're constantly getting moisture and heat from, from Jupiter, it may produce mold. A little bit of the coldness and the dryness of Saturn is going to create a really nice condition that will promote life with the balance of the of that kind of life-giving quality so this is all about balancing out uh you know your ability to expand with your limitation quality okay that's monday as we move over to tuesday i'm going to click over here to tuesday if i can get my thing to do it there we go Tuesday, August 20th, uh, we're still in this disseminating moon phase. And what we're going to start seeing here is a square from the moon to Pluto. That's going to be happening at about 6.50 in the morning. Okay. So here's our square with Pluto. So the beginning of our day may be bringing up some old junk that needs to be dealt with. Okay, Pluto is the lord of the underworld, so it's the volcano that's bubbling up all the garbage from deep within the earth, and it may be destructive at first, but eventually that lava turns into very fertile soil that can promote life. So, you know, it's, think of it as the phoenix energy. Uh, sometimes we have to, to die to be reborn. Um, there is definitely a transformational quality that's associated with Pluto. Uh, you know, I like, you know, that's a cliche with a lot of the planets, but with Pluto, I think it's very apropos. So in the beginning of the day, 
deal with the junk that comes up and that may help uh, turn into fertile soil eventually. Towards the afternoon, uh, we're going to see the moon making a trine with the sun. Okay, I won't click it all forward here, but you can see that about 27 degrees, uh, it's going to be trining the sun. So those are the two luminaries starting to get along with one another. Uh, the moon is reflecting that solar light, so it's going to be more able to create self-expression and, and to issue commands uh, through that reflected solar light. Remember, the moon is collecting that light of the sun and, and distributing it back out. Uh, so it's going to be collecting that Leo sun light and distributing it through a very Aries-Mars-like quality. So this is a great aspect for being able to understand what you want to do, uh, what kind of authority you want to assert in your life, what kind of commandments you want to issue, and then being able to take action on them. So this is a very action-orientated thing where you can take action on your, you know, promoting your new identity or your new idea. So that's something that could happen towards the end of Tuesday. Uh, now, the moon is also going to be in Antitia with Mars. So this is like a secret conjunction with Mars, even more supported, right, at 29 degrees, right? So, of course, Aries and Virgo are on equal sides of the summer solstice, uh, equal amount of light. And the way that you think about Antitia is uh, one planet in one sign has to add up to the number of degrees uh, of 30 degrees. Both planets have to add up to 30 degrees in the sign. So if we had our moon at 29 degrees Aries and our Mars at one degree Virgo, they're going to be making this Antitia conjunction. Uh, and that's happening later in the evening, but that's, that's another uh, testimony that really speaks to taking some action on some of the solar light that you want to be reflecting because, you know, the moon and, and Mars are going to be secretly kind of working together to do this. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting thing. I'm curious to see how that will turn out on Tuesday. Okay, moving along. As we move into Wednesday, and one of the other feedbacks I've been getting is that, uh, that uh, you guys can hang with me for about an hour and 10 or whatever, but the hour and 40 ones are a little <laughs> bit too long. So I'm trying to be more efficient uh, with my videos here and not get too sidetracked with things because it's all a work in progress, right? Um, so we're speeding along through it, Virgo style. And you can see that uh, a couple things are happening. Uh, the moon has moved into Taurus, still in its disseminating phase on Wednesday the 21st, but moon gains a whole lot of dignity moving into Taurus, a sign of its exaltation. Uh, it is in the fixed earth sign of Taurus, which tends to stabilize the very changeable quality of the moon, um, but also Taurus is a very fertile sign too. Taurus is the the fertile uh, fields to be planted. So uh, when we have a sign like the moon that likes to promote growth, and then we have the condition of a fertile field, that's a nice combination. So this is a, a, a time to really plant the seeds in your life. And you may be able to bring honor to, to whatever your project that you're working on through your ability to, to nurture that in a very practical way. Uh, so that's something to think about on Wednesday here. Um, we are seeing the moon very early on making a trine to Venus. Now, in this chart I have here, it's already passed. But notice that uh, 
Venus is now in the sign of Virgo. Venus is joining the Virgo one eight of uh, pentacles party. Um, and of course is now in the sign of her fall. Right. And, uh, but we're going to get an, a little boost from the moon and Venus who are sect mates. They are both of the nocturnal, nocturnal sect. Okay. The night sect. So they're, they're teammates. They're working together, right? They are, uh, trying to bring diversity and change into the world. That is one of the philosophical um, modus operandi of the nocturnal sect, is they're trying to bring diversity and change into the world. So both of those things are going to be supported when we have this trine between the moon and Venus. Okay. Uh, that is very early in the morning, that trine. Um, actually, I'm sorry. That trine is actually happening in the last few degrees of Leo, okay, at 29 degrees Leo, which if you, if you are a student of fixed stars is where the fixed star Regulus was for a long time. But in the last decade or so, Regulus has moved into the sign of Virgo, which is very interesting. Regulus was associated with kings. It was one of the royal stars. Um, it talked about authority, leadership, and, and honor. And now it's in the sign of Virgo, which is kind of interesting. We're going to have all these planets kind of conjoining that fixed star Regulus. Um, and I think what this speaks to is royalty is going to be uh, taking on a more humble expression. Uh, it may be the royal nature that you may be able to express in your life now, maybe through service. It may be not about exalting your own power and your own identity. It may be how are you going to serve humanity and, and how are you going to serve your community in a very detailed, practical, orientated way. So the way that you can become the spiritual king this week is figuring out what your community needs and being able to deliver that in a way that isn't necessarily exalting yourself, but uh, being able to provide something useful. Um, and that takes humility. That takes an ability to tune in and listen to your audience and to the people that you're trying to serve. The best kings, the most magnanimous and benevolent kings were the ones that remembered that what they were doing and their authority was in service to the people that they were leading. Something that's a real theme to keep in mind this, this week in particular is how can you serve the people that you want to lead? It's not about you. It's about how you can serve them. And of course, you may be honored for that service if you keep that in mind. I think that's really going to be the theme with all these planets moving over Regulus over the beginning of the weeks here. Okay. All right. So on Wednesday, the 21st, we have that trine in the last degrees of Leo. And then we're going to see a trine with uh, the moon in one at one degree of Taurus to Mars at one degree of Virgo. Okay. So then we're going to get a little bit of a boost here from the moon to some of our uh, Mars significations. Okay. Also, that's something that's happening very early in the morning around 6 a.m. Eastern time is Mercury is going to be making uh, a trine to Jupiter. 
Isn't that from, uh, that's from Superman. That's kind of a Superman type of thing. Um, yeah, this is a nice aspect. This is the, the cosmic lawyer, Mercury, and the cosmic judge getting along pretty well. Imagine that the lawyer... Uh, has approached the bench and is having uh, a few laughs with the judge, and there's some goodwill and a good conversation between the two of them. Uh, so this is about you know the expressing, communicating your grandiose vision. Uh, this is you know about um, being able to parse out the details within the vision uh, in a harmonious way. Uh, a couple notes that I had from a really good book called The Archetypal Universe by Ren Butler. He talks about very broad, expansive mind, a wide-ranging uh, array of interests, um, a very optimistic outlook. Uh, it could, on the negative side, though, it could be very boastful communications. We have to watch out for a little bit of arrogance anytime we have something with Leo, and you know, Jupiter may blow that out of proportion a little bit. So just be a little bit careful to maintain some of your humility when you're communicating uh, this week with this aspect in particular. Um, but it may be uh, helping you promote whatever your vision is. I think this is a good day to kind of get things out to the public, especially with the moon being in Taurus and the exaltation. This is a, a really great way, way to have re a positive relationship with the public because the moon associated with the masses. So something to keep in mind Wednesday as we move along here. Uh, towards the evening, as we move in the, into the evening here, we're going to see the moon move about into about six degrees of Taurus and make a conjunction with Uranus. And, and like I said, anytime we've been seeing Uranus contacts from the moon, uh, we're going to be experiencing uh, activating all of that Uranian change and all of the kind of disruption and possibly destabilization of resources. Um, now, Uranus now is retrograde uh, as of last week. So there's going to be some reevaluation of how we are putting out the new things in our in our life and the restructuring the Taurus area of our chart. Um, like if you have it in the 10th house, like this, this chart here, uh, you may be restructuring your career and, and doing something very different in your relationship with the public. Um, I, just to use an anecdote again, because I'm living my own life here. I do have a Leo rising and I've since, you know, Uranus has moved into Taurus. Astrology has become uh, something that I've put out there which isn't necessarily the most like, it's getting more so, but it's not the most kind of, you know, widely accepted uh, conventional type of job. And, you know, by embracing this Uranian energy and, and you know, instead of resisting it, uh, I, hopefully I'm, I'm pleasing uh, the Promethean, the Promethean God, um, the fire bringer, um, the, the lightning bolt of awareness, um, yeah, and, and you know, let, letting go of old structures. Uh, there have been some times in my life in particular where I was doing a lot of music stuff, and I'm kind of moving away from some of those things. Not that I'm not doing music. I enjoy expressing my creativity, but I'm really feeling a lot of energy and passion around my astrology and, and kind of embracing that new. Uh, and, uh, you know, with retrograde here, I may have to really reevaluate where I'm investing my time and my energy and how I'm putting myself out there in public. So that's one example of how Uranus might be uh, working in a chart. 
Uh, and the moon, of course, is that activator. The moon's going to be activating that for, for all of us this week in that whatever that Taurus-ruled area of your chart is. So one more example of this. Let's say you know Uranus is in your fourth house uh, in Taurus. You may be really reevaluating how you structure your living situation, uh, your family, your house, how you decorate your home, where you live in particular, um, how you interact with your family, um, you know, your relationship with your parents, uh, with your ancestry, and how you're creating a legacy for yourself. And so that's something that might get activated. So that's just another example of how this may be playing out uh, within your particular chart. And of course, if you want to um, get a, a personalized reading and figure out how all of these energies are working out, feel free to hit me up at spencermichelleastrology at gmail.com and schedule a personal reading. Okay, let's move on to Thursday. On Thursday, we are seeing the moon still in Taurus. Hold on one second. Moon's in Taurus, and it's moving through that uh, very nice second decan where it has dignity by, by decan or face. So it's got extra boost on Thursday extra little juice it's still in the disseminating phase which is 135 degrees to 90 behind the sun and it's going to be making uh, a trine to uh let's see here it's going to be making a trine to saturn okay so in the early morning hours it's making a trine to retrograde saturn so your ability to nurture uh, your projects is going to be getting a little bit of a boost by uh, an, the authoritative figure of Saturn and showing you how to structure things and how, what needs to stay and what needs to go. So that's one positive aspect in the very beginning of the morning. As we move forward in the morning, the moon is going to be making a square. Sorry, I, I drew a square, but this is actually a trine. Okay, don't get confused. I'm going to clear that here. Okay, as we move forward in the day, there is a square between the moon and Mercury. So there may be a little bit of contesting that happens um, towards, in, towards the morning. Maybe there's a, an, a conversation that you have in those, regarding those two areas of your life where things get a little heated, a little testy. Those are in two fixed signs. So be careful of being too stubborn about your position uh, and communicating your ego in a way that is too inflexible. One of the, 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 the ways to get around a fixed square is to be a little bit more accommodating and try to move off your, your fixed position. Um, we can get a little bit stuck in our own ways of doing things. So on, on Thursday morning, uh, see if you can see the other person's perspective and, and create a win-win situation if you get into a little bit of an argument or something like that. Uh, the moon is going to be sextiling um, Neptune Okay, when it moves it into 17 degrees, the retrograde Neptune. So there may be a little bit of a dreamy quality to the morning too. Uh, Neptune may be helping to soften that square between uh, Mercury and the moon. So there's a little bit of a dissolving quality that Neptune likes to have. So that, that's a positive uh, testimony for some flexibility that we can have right here with uh, Neptune bringing a little bit of compassion into the mix. So listen to Neptune and say, how can we create a win-win situation that is compassionate that is rooted in reality and not in the, the idealization 
that we may have through the Neptunian quality, we've got to take off those rose-colored glasses a little bit and find out how we can uh, implement something Thursday without getting too sucked into um, being attached to our own, um, our own idealized vision of what should happen. Okay? As we move into the evening, the moon is going to make a trine to Pluto at 21 degrees. And I'm not moving the, the chart forward. I'm just kind of showing you throughout the day here. But this is a trine to Pluto. So we're going to be you know, having a positive conversation. Uh, trines, of course, were of the nature of Jupiter. So a beneficial conversation between the moon, uh, the Lady, Lady Luna, and uh, you know, Kronos, the Lord of Time. Um, so in the in the evening, uh, there's going to be uh, some positive communication um, and a positive trigger uh, where you may be able to let go of some of the things that weren't serving you. Um, I, I'm I'm kind of digging this Saturn Pluto energy at this point. I know that it's a really tough aspect to deal with, but I think that the way that you can ride this one uh, effectively and and use it well is to let go of stuff that you don't need anymore. I know in our, in our particular household, we've been purging and purging and purging and purging. I just got rid of a bunch of stuff in my office. And uh, if you study feng shui, um, that's associated with the helpful people area of the chart in my, in my particular bagua or, or map um, of, your, of your home. And when I cleared out my office, I was able to get a lot of really good feedback and advice on the game that I was putting together. Um, it's not just my ideas. I have an, uh, a lot of ideas about it, but I have a really good supportive community of, of friends and astrologers that are giving me a lot of feedback on how the mechanics of this would work, what, what would be enjoyable in a class. And I, I've really been grateful to the people that have been reaching out and, and uh, offering their assistance on that. Um, so that's something like, and, I, and I'm attributing this uh, to partially, not, not just this, but partially to really cleaning out that area of my life and getting rid of the junk so that the chi or the energy could flow in this area. And I'm really feeling really good in my office now and, and good about the support that I've got with the community that I'm working with. So uh, if you're feeling really stuck in an area of your life, go online, look at the Bagua chart and look at it, the, that particular area of your house. And if there's a bunch of junk there, just get rid of it. Kanmari the crap out of it. There's probably a ton of things that you don't need. I think that when we have trust and faith in the universe to provide um, through, you know, through a little bit of trust, but also through our own actions, we don't need to hang on so tightly to some of that stuff. Um, that's coming from a, a fear mentality. Now, that doesn't mean you get rid of stuff that you actually need, but if there's stuff that you haven't used in a year or two, uh, and it's just sitting there and you are attached to it sentimentally or you think you're going to need it later, but you haven't used it for a really long time, just get rid of it. Trust me, it feels really good. It feels light. It feels liberating. Uh, so that's how I think you can really do Saturn, Pluto, South Node, trying the, sun, trying the moon really well here. And it's, you know, it's going to be trining by whole sign, Venus and Mars too. So it's really getting into the mix here. We've got this kind of grand trine energy that's working together. So this is a really practical, uh, you know, liberating type of uh, energy that we have here. It's about, you know, planting the seeds and then getting rid of the stuff that, you know, all the old stuff that's, you know, from the last season. You know, that's, farmers don't leave garbage out there. You know, they compost it. They get rid of it. It, it becomes nutrients for the next cycle. So think of it like that. Think of it as you're composting your life to, to create the nutrients for the next cycle. 
to feed the new dreams that you are going to be working on moving forward. Okay, so that's Thursday. Let me clear my thing here. And we're going to uh, click over to Thursday. And on Thursday, the moon is going to start moving into Gemini. You can see here, one little thing to keep an eye out for is uh, in the very early stages of Friday, the moon is going to cross over a fixed star called Algol at about 26 degrees of Taurus. And that's always a little bit of a challenging area of the zodiac. Algol was associated with Medusa. So be careful not to lose your head or get too angry or, or you know, freak out if, you know, something's going on at 26 degrees Taurus moon. Um, just something to really keep an eye out for. I always kind of pay attention to that. And I know if something comes up, I need to take three or four deep breaths and, and not get, uh, you know, not lose myself. Um, so that's one little thing to keep an eye on. Now, as we move into the uh, Gemini moon, we see that the sun has also joined the Virgo party. And as it joins the Virgo party uh, at about 6 a.m., uh, we're going to see a pretty much an immediate square between the moon and the sun. Okay. Uh, and this ushers in our last quarter moon, which is a 90 degree relationship between the sun and the moon. And the last quarter moon is asking us to revise our thinking to, uh, you know, we've disseminated the ideas, we've, we've eaten the fruit that was ripened, and now what is left needs to be taken off the vine, the seed needs to consolidate to, like I said, to fertilize the next, uh, the next cycle. And as a last quarter moon person myself, I can tell you that one of the things that comes up quite often, and it probably is going to come up for you on Friday, is a, maybe a little bit of an existential crisis. Now, this is Mercury ruled. So this may be uh, really about, there's maybe some anxiety in your thought processes about how you're communicating, how you're implementing your ideas, uh, how you are, uh, you know, sorting things out into categories. Um, the first decan of Gemini is associated with the Eight of Swords. And if you are listening, the Eight of Swords shows a figure in bondage, okay? And, but those bonds may be tied fairly loosely. And some of this may be the, the, the types of things where we are starting to maybe have some doubts about these new things that we're creating, right? We have the apprentice and then this person that is bound here. Uh, you know, the Eight of Pentacles, we have the person working hard diligently. And what I'm going to say is that I think that you may start to get, uh, there may be some things that crop up where you start to have doubts about your project or whatever you're working on. And I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice. A lot of those things may just be in your head. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't, uh, you know, pay attention to, to things that really need to be changed, but you may have to reevaluate a certain things, but don't take that too far. Uh, one of the theories that I have about um, Gemini, the sign in particular, is in the Thema Mundi, it's associated with the 12th house. And in the, the three tarot cards associated with Gemini, uh, we do see 
themes that echo 12th house themes where we may be, you know, contributing to our own self undoing through negative thought patterns. The 12th house was associated with the bad daimon or bad spirit, which is kind of like a voice in our head or a conscious that may be pulling us away from our strength and our power. So this moon at the beginning of Friday here, Friday morning, may be trying to pull us away through the quality of doubt from the work that we've been doing. And I would say that just, just take your time. Try not to get too overwhelmed by the abundance of details and with all the possibilities. That's another thing too. There may be too many choices that you're working through. I can already see this with like uh, the potential of like, I can you know see myself getting involved with the very mundane details of my game and my class and designing all of those things and getting frustrated with that. And I'm, I'm you know, sometimes when we're giving advice to people, we're giving it to ourselves too. So uh, future self, uh, if you get overwhelmed at the end of the week, just take a deep breath and try not to freak out a little bit. You got this. <laughs> and all of you have got this as well. Um, so that is Friday. Uh, that last quarter moon, it's okay to let go of the old belief system. This is where we're kind of letting go of something that may not be working so that we can, you know, plant the seed of the next cycle. As we move forward through the day, uh, we are going to, um, oh, oh, one, one last thing I wanted to say. I had a really good note on this. Uh, this square, this, this something came up as I was making my notes. Uh, this square is all about uh, skill versus belief, okay? And I like a, uh, this is something that reminds me of a quote by Ira Glass where he talks about the gap. And this is something that I talk about in my songwriting classes. And here's the basic quality. The gap is your, the gap between your ability and your taste, okay? And really, we get frustrated because we're, sometimes our ability level is not matching up with our taste and our, our vision and our ideal. And the way that you close that gap is just through doing a lot of work, through practice, 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 doing a lot of work, engaging with it, and eventually you start closing that gap. Now, there's a, a, an interesting dynamic that happens is the gap starts to move a little bit as your taste refines and changes, and you have to keep chasing it. it will, I got news for you. It's never going to be completely closed. There's always going to be a gap. As, as my work through my professional music career, as my taste changed, I would close the gap when I was reskilling, but I, it always would, I would always be chasing it. Same thing with astrology. As I learn new things, that it, it always sparks new questions. So maybe the gap will get smaller, but sometimes the gap will jump and you have to do more work to do this. You get these little plateaus and then you, you're constantly chasing it. And one of the things that I will say is it's okay to feel a little bit, uh, to, to live in the gap rather than being frustrated with it. If you have that gap, that's telling you that you are uh, progressing. That's telling that you, you're on the right track. That's the humility. Recognition of that gap is the humility that's necessary to keep evolving and growing. So embrace it and say, you know what? This gap is telling me I may be on track. This gap, these questions that come up may be, uh, I like, I've heard my teacher, Adam, say this. Uh, this may be showing that you actually do have the qualifications to do what you're doing because you have the quality of self-reflection, okay? So embrace that. Try not to get too bent on a shape about it because you can do it. I know you can. All right. 
Uh, last aspects of the day on Friday here, uh, we're going to be seeing um, a square to Venus and then a square to Mars. So that same energy is going to be hitting all of these planets here. It's going to be hitting the sun first and then Venus and Mars. So there may be some doubts that come up in multiple areas of your life. I want you to look at the, the sun, Venus, and Mars ruled areas of your chart and recognize that the moon is going to be triggering many different areas at once. So Friday seems like it's going to be a pretty big day. A lot, a lot of thoughts are going to be spinning around in your head about how to balance out all the different areas of your life. And this is probably going to be true because many of you are going to be having kids that are going to be starting school. Many of you are going back to school. Uh, there, this is a whole new season that we're jumping into, and, and the pace gets really frenetic. We're trying to incorporate all of the new routines and schedules into our lives and all the new business that we're putting out there, all the new responsibilities that we have and getting somebody to this and this and this. And I think the, the key is going to be relaxing, you know, saturning up a little bit, okay, and just taking your time. Try not just to get overwhelmed. It's, it's okay to get organized and to get some feedback on, on how everybody's stuff is going to fit together and take your time with it. Live into the answers, all right? Uh, so that is Friday. As we move into the weekend, we're still going to be living out this last quarter phase for the rest of the weekend here. And... Let's see if I can click my chart over. Okay. Okay, now this is Saturday. And what we see Saturday uh, at about one o'clock in the afternoon is we are going to be experiencing, whoops, come back. We're gonna be experiencing um, a conjunction of Venus and Mars. So you can see here at four degrees, we're going to have a conjunction or an adherence uh, of both Aphrodite and Ares. Interesting stuff. So some of the things that, some of the themes that we're talking about, what does Venus represent? Venus represents desire. Venus represents love. Venus represents harmonizing. Venus represents religious ritual. Uh, Venus represents cleanliness. Um, what does Mars represent? Mars represents courage. Mars represents uh, heat. Um, it's a very hot planet. It represents speeding things up. It represents cutting and severing. Um, it is associated with uh, knives and sharp things. So we may have a, a, and it also has the essence of wanting to take action. So we may be getting our desire nature heated up. We may be wanting to take action in our relationships and our love nature. Um, we may be getting a little bit of impatience that happens in those areas of our life. Uh, we may get really lusty. This may be a really lusty uh, <laughs> configuration, right? Uh, so, I mean, there's solutions for that if you're, if you're in a, uh, a nice committed relationship or if you're not but you have an agreement uh, <laughs> I don't know whatever your whatever your lifestyle is there uh, that may get a little boost here um, and we may be uh, longing or having the urge for some sort of erotic gratification 
We may get a little jealous or possessive too, since Mars is going to be acting on uh, on Venus there. So be careful of that too. Be careful of being too critical within your relationships. We may be uh, having the need to take action in our relationships and really refine uh, how we get along with people. And with those two energies blended, we can get really anal retentive about stuff within the relationship. And with that Mars quality there, we may tend to fight about it. So be gentle with your partners at the end of the end of the week here. Um, try to make love, not war. Um, there's a lot of solutions for for arguments. Some of them could be just, you know, uh, having a little uh, afternoon delight, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we'll try to keep it PG here. Um, but but he, we've got Aphrodite and Ares living in Hermes' temple here. Okay, so it's a, there may be it may be related to mercurial things. So it may be more of a, a communication issue than anything else. Okay, uh, as this is happening, the moon is going to be making an opposition from Gemini to Sagittarius uh, uh, with the moon to Jupiter. So there may be a little bit of a question of scale that comes in. You may be feeling a little bit overwhelmed on this day, uh, trying to implement the details within the grander vision and the picture. Uh, the moon at the second decan of Gemini is associated with the nine of swords, which shows a figure uh, kind of laying awake at night, having a nightmare. So th to me, that's, there's a lot of anxiety associated with that second decan of, of Gemini. And try not to get too overwhelmed by all the things that you're trying to work through in your life. Um, a lot of times, as we move from the second to the third decan of Gemini, we have so many choices we're trying to work through. And this may be really exacerbated by the opposition to Jupiter is how do these choices fit into the grander vision? And as we move into the third decan of Gemini, um, you know, Austin Kopp calls that the executioner's sword. We have to choose something. This is really about making a choice. A lot of the anxiety that you feel is going to uh, be alleviated if you make a choice, and, but that necessitates that one of those other choices has to die. You have to let go of those other options so that you can put your energy and effort into what really is, is true to your heart that you need to, to put out there. Okay, so don't be afraid to make a choice in the, in the, over the weekend and say, you know what, there's just some things we can't do. And be able to let go of those things is going to be the mature decision. And really being able to identify what stays and what goes. And that's going to alleviate some of the stress that you're going to be feeling, I think. Um, we're also having a square uh, from all of this to Neptune. So again, we're bringing in, uh, trying to figure out what the reality of all of this is. Okay, uh, And again, we've got the, the Antitia between Jupiter and Saturn. So I think we're going to be a uh, secret conjunction here. Saturn's still helping out here. So stay rooted in reality. Try not to get too uh, sucked into your fears. Because uh, they may not be founded on, on something real. They may be just your mind playing some tricks on you, trying to pull you away from your power. All right, that's Saturday. As we move into Sunday, okay, we're going to start to see a little bit of a sextile from the uh, moon to Mercury. Okay, you can, it's already passed here at this particular time. This is uh, very early in the morning, 3 a.m. We've got a sextile here. Uh, I'm sorry, what's going on here? Sextile, yeah, 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 sorry. I'm getting a little confused with my notes. Apologize for that. So Mercury at, at about 22 degrees Leo, and the moon will be at 22 degrees Gemini. There'll be a nice conversation. Sextiles are of the 
nature of Venus. That happens very early in the morning. Towards the evening, the only other aspects we're seeing is a sextile with the moon to the sun, okay? As it moves into Cancer, uh, the moon is going to be uh, moving into its own domicile of Cancer and gaining dignity again, okay? And so we may be starting to feel a little bit more relaxed after making a choice, right? About feeling our feeling our feelings and, you know, now we're able to be a little bit more relaxed. We see this nice sextile that's happening between the moon and Cancer at two degrees and the sun at two degrees of Virgo. It happens in the evening, okay? So maybe towards the end, that'll prepare you for the next week. Um, Mars is going to be starting a calasis with, uh, with the sun coming within three degrees. So it's starting to merge energies here. And we're going to see Mars Kazemi on September 2nd. See, I told you it was in my notes. Okay. So there's going to be a whole new sort of a rebirth of Mars um, towards the end of September. So we've got this kind of very old Mars right now that is, you know, we're, we're maybe struggling to implement our ideas into action. And Mars is a little bit weakened by being so close to the sun, but it's going to get a little burst as it, it gets reborn in that furnace um, towards the beginning of September. So hang in there. If your energy is starting to flag and starting to wane, hang in there. You're going to get a little bit of a, a boost at the beginning of September, and we're going to be able to move forward with that. Okay, that's what I've got for this week. Uh, I'm going to stop my share here for a minute. Looking ahead to next week, uh, we're going to see a number of trines between Venus, Mars, the Sun, and Uranus. Also Mercury. All those those uh, Virgo planets are going to try in Uranus uh, in the week after this one. And then we're going to see a nice Venus trine to Saturn. And Mercury is going to join the party uh, into Virgo, where it has both domicile and exaltation uh, dignity, which is going to be, that's when the stuff really starts to get good at the end of the month when Mercury is moving into Virgo. Uh, also a new moon, new moon in Virgo uh, on the 30th. So keep that uh, in your mind that that's what some of these cycles are moving towards. And uh, that will help you to, to, to make a plan as you move forward. And of course, if you like what you see, please share with your friends and uh, hit the subscribe button down at the bottom. I'll have a Venmo link if you want to leave me a little bit of a tip. And uh, yeah, if you're in the local area, uh, come join us for, for domiciles and deities. Uh, it, it was a pleasure uh, hanging out with you today, and I hope that you have a great week. Take care. Bye-bye.